0: Hi everybody, this is David Osterloh. Many of you know me because I ran a retail business in Elk City for over 30 years. That's where I learned that if you take care of your customers, they will take care of you. So when it was time to look for a career in real estate, I wanted to land someplace that had the same principles. Western Oklahoma Realty seemed like a natural fit. Putting people before property is the same as taking care of your customers. Since I've been at Western Oklahoma Realty, I've come to understand that is how they do business. People Before Property is not just a hashtag, it's a way of taking care of customers. When you are looking for your next home, we will find a place that your family can call home. When you are going to sell your current home, we will find a buyer that loves your place as much as you do western oklahoma realty we're putting people before property as a way of life come see us at 602 west third street we are in the historic greenhouse on the hill one block west of homeland or you can check out our website westernoklahomarealty.com or even call us at 580-225-6271
1: roll ball spa. You want good
2: words? Data language.
1: Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Football, football, football on the show today. We'll hit some of the NFL stuff at the end. Have some college football in the middle. And recap the high school football Friday night. Right here off the top of the show. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. It's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things, whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime right in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to KADSAN.com or download the app. The app's got it all. Radio, Penny News, Big Elk and Paragon TV, all of it right there handy in the app and of course the skinny on sports podcast available everywhere podcast drop how are you today jared i'm good how are you wonderful how was your weekend
2: it was eventful beautiful weather wise eventful weekend it was fun how was your weekend what'd you do well we we held our golf tournament on saturday good turnout Again, weather cooperated thought it was gonna be i mean shoot the way friday was going i thought here we go it's gonna be rainy we're gonna have to do something but of course that blew through we got a beautiful friday night for the football game and that carried over to saturday had a lot of fun good turnout there and um after that was done came home watched a lot of football yesterday watched a lot of football played some softball and that was about it how was your trip to blanchard
1: <clears throat> it was nice on saturday it's kind of hot yesterday
2: it did get a little warm yesterday. We
1: got yeah but it was fun uh they you know it's so once the once the boys start pitching you really don't see double elimination tournaments anymore.
2: When the kids start pitching when the kids when, Red, when the boys start yeah. pitching yeah.
1: that's that's over. Pretty much, you know, because okay. you just run out of you don't have enough Well, yeah, arms. yeah, that
2: makes sense. I'm not used to that being on <laughs> the exactly. softball side. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I was just kind of
1: trying to tell you how it works. Right. Right. No, anyway. Well, I mean, but, I I, I but but you're with right, a short, that makes sense. Yeah, you, you, you don't want to if arms. you got 12 dudes, 12 yeah. teams in a tournament there's no way you're going to play double elimination Absolutely. because you, you just, yeah, you don't have enough, but down there, there's only four. So the yesterday in the bracket play, it actually was double elimination. And this is something that just haven't dealt with in so long. <clears throat> so like on Saturday in the pool play, uh, lost on a walk off and then won by a run over the Southern legends. So there's just cool. f- four teams, the team that, that, that won. That beat the ballers. They were the one seed. So then the you know the other team, the bananas, where didn't win a game. So those two. So we played the same team again to start yesterday. Beat them. They beat the team, the Red Sox that 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 beat us on uh, on Saturday. Well, then because it's normally you know that's it. It's time to hand out the rings. Yeah. Well, because you know double elimination, because the short field. Here come the legends, and so it's something that you you know have to beat the team three times in two days, and it just ran out of
2: gas. Yeah, that's, yeah. You
1: know, it's one of those like why he was all mad, and I'm like, that's the way it goes. He's like, yeah, I know, but we already beat him twice. It's like, yeah, you don't remember those days back in coach pitch when you had to beat somebody like eight times to win a, <laughs> to win a tournament yeah. sometimes. Um, but anyhow, it was uh, it was a good weekend, a lot of fun. Good baseball played for the most part, uh, but the ballers came up just a little short, and it does stink because, you know, you get into the bracket play, you win two games, you're thinking, well, shouldn't somebody have to beat you twice? But once again, it comes down to that, you know, enough is enough with the pitching, with the arms.
2: Yeah. And so,
1: yeah. <clears throat> it just it just doesn't happen, but it was a good weekend. It's a fun group of dudes. Hey, here, here's something... That I that I put two and two together with yesterday. So, have you you've heard have you heard Jim talk about? There's a kid in Western Oklahoma that's named after him. Have you ever heard him say that? No. I'll yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a kid there, there's a young man, and his name is Traber.
2: His first name.
1: His first name is Traber.
2: Very cool. Okay.
1: And I'd actually so his brother, his little brother, plays with Wyatt on this team.
2: Oh, okay.
1: And it was it was like it was like the light bulb went off in my head when I was talking to his dad, because I'd heard him say Traber, like when his, when when he was there watching, and then we were talking about uh, because it's it's Jared Cud that helped with Arapo a couple uh-huh. years, yeah yeah, and the principal over there, so his youngest son, Dax is on Wyatt's team, and as we're sitting there talking, then he was talking about how much fun he had doing the Paragon TV stuff, but just what he has to do. As the principal, you know all that stuff. Just kind of, he doesn't have time. You know, it's Mm -hmm. kind of a. And as he he started talking about sports talk radio and how much you know on, and I, I, it's like a light bulb went off in my head, and I was like, wait a minute, Traber, that you're the one, you're the one that named your kid, (laughs) and he goes like, yeah, yeah, pretty much, and and then here's, Broadbent just put this on the text line. Here's another crazy thing, his wife. It's like my third cousin. Some because she was a calc.
2: How wild is that? Small, small
1: world. world. It's a small world after all. Uh, but anyway, now So, it,
2: so did he name his kid yes. after Traber? Yes. Like in honor of him, or he just liked the name? He liked he
1: the name. They couldn't think of any cool. They couldn't think of a name they liked, and he kind of brought it up, and she was like, "No, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> that ain't happening." And then like a we a. a Month goes by or whatever time frame as it's getting closer, I still haven't picked out a, a a name. And she was like, "You know, what about that? What about that Traber? That's." And he's like, "I think it'd be kind of cool. It's a different name, you know." What I, mean? I mean, he wouldn't. he would be the yeah. only one with it, yeah. And so there, they there you go. I call Traber for sure. Traber. I, I don't know. That's what I'm going to do if I see him. At one of these tournaments. What's up, Trey? That's cool. <laughs> no, that's really wild. That, that's actually text Jim. I was like, because I'd heard him. Yeah. I'd heard him talk about, you know, asking the, like, you know, Barry and Al or whoever, like, do you got anybody named after you? I do. <laughs> and then it turns out, as Jared and I were sitting there talking, It like the light bulb went off in my head. Like, yeah. You are traver's dad <laughs> it was
2: funny as my kid my oldest kid katie her uh her middle name is dawn and um that we did not do it like this but it was in the height of kevin durant's popularity in oklahoma city and when katie was born and, and i was having fun with it and i called her kd for a long time oh dear you know I was like, all right KD, let's go okay and then uh and then the whole thing went down with <clears throat> kevin durant leaving us okay not calling her katie <laughs> I'm, calling her, I'm calling her katie That's sometimes we That's call over. her bug because we call her katie bug but um people kind of give me a hard time like, oh you named your kid after kevin durant no i didn't i did not dawn I, came from mom actually katie and dawn katherine dawn came from mom and and it's it's not after anybody it just came in a dream as she allie came to me i said i like it pretty name
1: i wouldn't admit it either Anymore? <laughs> no, not anymore.
2: <laughs> I've buried that deep down. <laughs> All right, let's look back
1: at uh, at Friday night high school football. Two matchups in the bigger schools out here against five A teams. Kind of wondered, okay, stepping up to that level. Everybody knew how good Carl Albert was, uh, but you know the Elgin Weatherford game—a little bit of a mystery. Um, yeah, the five A teams were dominant over those four a1 teams carl albert here 56 to 14 Uh, i I said this on the broadcast and i I still believe it right now yeah it got it got out of hand it 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 got a little bit ugly on the scoreboard but if you watch the game or you if you were at the game and it's it's pretty crazy to say this because of you know the final score but i really thought the elks played hard i thought they played pretty well it's just sometimes you run up against teams that are just flat out just better than you, you know, out athletes you at, at in spots on the field, and there's there's not a ton you could do about it. And I really thought that's that was kind of the the game. And I think everybody that had any idea what Carl Albert was coming in had a feeling that that was that that, that was possible. Obviously, with with the talent that they have on their team, but <clears throat> I, I felt better about the the rest of the Oak City season. Walking out of the Big Elk Stadium Friday night than I did two weeks ago after a win against Bridge Creek. Just for what you saw, uh, the it felt like coming together as a team, maybe not for the first time, but, but for, for the entirety of the game. Played hard, played as physical as you could against that team. I was, uh, I, I was encouraged, even in a, a blowout loss. I was really encouraged by what, what, what we saw on the field, on Friday night from the Brown and White.
2: you want to be in that game. You want to play those games so you can see how you are, how you measure up with one of the best teams in the state. And I'm with you. I liked what I saw despite the score. But even when the score was so lopsided, the fight that continued with the Big Elks and the stuff that they can do good, we saw some, some stuff that we know that they can do good. So, And they did play hard. And, and I know I was encouraged. You know, Carl Albert gets the ball, goes down, scores. So, suddenly like that, 7 nothing say turns around and, and connects on a long pass and they tie it up. and you know, it could be easy to go, well, this is exactly what we thought this team was going to be when they came in here when we we saw this on the schedule and then the players they acquired in the off season and and okay, well, this is how our night's going to go, but they didn't let that creep into their heads there in that first quarter. but Carl Albert is phenomenal. let's well, just they got great athletes. And um, I, I'm i just happy with the, the Big Elks fight. Um, talking on Saturday with some coaches I saw um, health-wise, I think we're okay. I know there's some, some concern about Jaden Win, but I think it, it's fine. Um, that's good. So get an off week, much-needed off week to, one, get healthy if we need it, and, two, um, um, just go back and reevaluate the first four games. What worked? What didn't work? What's really working? What can we get better at and move forward? Because um, first district game is a doozy at Clinton. It's always a tough atmosphere over the, at the Tornado Bowl, but playing the Canadian, playing Carl Albert prepares you for a game like that. Prepares you for when Weatherford comes to town. So very excited about the district slates coming up. Very yeah, encouraged too.
1: That's what you hope. I mean, anyway, that you know the, that those these games like this prepare you and, and not. Easy is not the right word, but being on the field with teams like that, you're more comfortable against the better teams in the district once you get to see the talent that they have as well. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I thought it was encouraging. Now we'll just see what happens. I mean, it, you look around the district. Uh, obviously, Weatherford had a big one with Elgin in town, did not handle it whatsoever. Elgin just ran rough shot over them. Uh, similar scores. It was 43-7, 42-7. I've seen about four different scores. You know, it's <laughs> like, what, what was those? Anyways, uh, but either way, it's like
2: thirteen it nothing at half or eighteen nothing or something. Thirteen like and nothing at half. But as
1: as Daniel said, <clears throat> he knows one of the guys on the broadcast for Elgin, and they had uh, kind of shot themselves in the foot going in in the first half with the turnover down in the red zone and kind of some mistakes that gave Weatherford an opportunity. Uh, but as it turned out in the second half, the the Owls just blew him out. And then after you know after our game, hearing some different things about Elgin. <clears throat> where, you know, you never know what happens in the summertime, right? Who's who's available, who's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh I'd heard that they really put a pretty decent whooping on Carl Albert this summer in one of the team camps. <clears throat> that they might actually be a you know, one of those teams nobody's talking about, but could be an actual team to to worry about uh if you're the Titans. and, and that's certainly how they're looking at it. I have a hard time believing that anybody's beating that team we saw Friday night. But at the same time, Elgin obviously an improved squad from what we saw just two years ago down there in their last season in four A one. I mean, that, yeah. it's hard to even fathom that, that 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 team we saw is now in the top five in five A. But it is, and so well,
2: I mean, the the the, the you know they're bumped up to five A for ADM reasons and maybe. A lot of that was coming from kids coming over from Lawton. Maybe getting, you know, it's kind of like the SEC effect. Like you think that when OU and Texas go to the SEC or or when they do next summer, and you're already kind of seeing player recruits kind of gravitate towards those schools because, oh, they're going to be in the SEC. Maybe there's some kids in Lawton go, oh, Elgin's in 5A now? Maybe I want to go play there. I don't know. But they got something going on.
1: Yeah, I guess they're. Turns out they're way better than they were a couple years ago. Uh, down in the smaller classes, Minko put it on Merritt, sixty-seven to twenty-four. And Merritt must have played a lot better in the second half, or, or however that goes, because I think we saw it, what sixty to six at halftime, or in the second quarter, at least according to to Scortle. So Merritt yeah, did a, did a better job, and then uh, the battle of the Tigers, Mountain View beats Hollis thirty-two to fourteen. So Mount View Godibo—they've been one of those teams, kind of right there on the cusp of of competing for and winning a Class C title the last Mm -hmm. couple of years. Now number three in the in the rankings this week handled Hollis uh, down in Hollis as that was the uh, the home opener, excuse me, for the Tigers. Back to four A one. Do you think the records? Because here's the deal: nobody has or is going to have a winning record in the non district. Weatherford, Elk City, both two and two. Clinton one and two. I know they've got Guyman coming up in that dead spot in their in their uh, schedule. That's a game that they kind of made here in the last couple of uh, month or so. But even if they win that, still just even. Is that a byproduct of challenging yourselves out of uh, in, in the non district, or Is that a byproduct of these teams aren't as good as they have been the last couple of years?
2: I truly believe it's the first. I think it's the challenging thing because in those losses, I haven't gone back and watched the Weatherford game against Elgin, but, um, you know, the Clinton Heritage Hall game, uh, saw some really good things from Clinton. Of course, uh, they beat Kingfisher, McGinnis. uh, I was hearing there might've been injuries or something, but, And then, of course, Oak City, you know, stuff we saw over at Canadian, the fight that they had, and, of course, we just mentioned Carl Albert game. I I think it was just a matter of playing better opponents and losing, but I think they did good things. So I just – and I've been on this one for a while is that I, I appreciate the hard scheduling as opposed to the easy scheduling. I think you learn more about yourself when you play these harder teams, these tougher teams, maybe a class up or the number one team in 3A or something like that. I think you learn more about your team than you do if you go and, and beat down some some other team that never you've always had success against. So, I think it's the first. I just think it's a matter of uh, of the quality opponent is what it is.
1: As when you look at the look at everyone else around the state in four A, you know the top four at least with winning records in all the other districts. Right. I mean, when you kind of look toe-to-toe with with 4A2, you're thinking, hmm, how's that work out come playoff time? But at the end of the day, then you look at, you know, you think back to, you know, the Elk City playing Bridge Creek, and that was obviously on the Elk side. But at the same time, you know, 4A2 has gotten Woodward a couple of different times in a big way. John Marshall's lost uh, to Bethany. You know, Weatherford lost to Newcastle. And Cash lost to Tuttle, you know. So there have been, there have been some games head to head between those two first round district or first round playoff opponents that have not gone the way of four a one. But at the same time, outside of Weatherford Newcastle, you haven't necessarily had teams that you're counting on to be to actually, <laughs> actually match up in the match playoffs, up in the playoffs yeah. right? And so you know that's that's probably remains to be seen. But uh, that's, but on uh, the other got, side of that,
2: it, the, the rankings kind of are. Proving themselves, those top teams, those teams that are ranked, yeah, they're having they're winning games. So it kind of makes sense why they're ranked where they're ranked,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's what you just it, never. It, <coughs> you can look at a record between two districts and go, okay, that one's clearly. But unless you dive down, okay, who was really playing, mm-hmm. then maybe there, there's there's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more evenly matched once it come play once it comes to playoff time than. Than what you would think, just right off the bat. Uh, district play starts this week. Elk City not out there just because of the way the schedule works. Uh, but maybe Weatherford Chickasha is that the that the game of the week? Cash yeah. hosting Woodward, Weatherford hosting Chickasha, and then John Marshall Clinton at the Tornado Bowl.
2: I mean, for competitive wise, I guess I, I still think Weatherford will roll yeah. with that one.
1: I would say that maybe they're
2: all pretty clear who could who's probably going to win.
1: I would think that that's right. Uh, but that's kind of where it's at uh, with 4A1 going in to the first weekend of district play. Isn't it weird when when you lose a when you lose one of your district opponents like you gear up all summer long to play the non-district games and then as soon as non-district starts you're kind of gearing up to play district games. And you get all the way through the non-district schedule, and you look up, and you're not playing the first week. You know, it's just kind of it's a little bit odd, yeah. the, the way that that works sometimes when when things outside your control happen, because you you like can't wait for week four, week four, yeah, week yeah, four, yeah, and then you look up, it's week four, and like, oh darn, we got to wait another we week, got to wait another, yeah. Right.
2: Well, that fortunately next year that'll all yeah be back to the it'll ball.
1: be different. It'll be a hard opponent. Oh uh, yeah. When we come back, we'll check the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pickle Standings.
2: We were sitting around the office one day and tried to explain what Western Oklahoma Realty was. If you had to put it in a dictionary, what would you get? What kind of definition you get? I think I said, is what about, were people before property? Well, it means that you put uh, the, the
0: person that you're working with or the family that you're working with, you put their interests first. Uh, you uh, make sure that you find the right property for them at the price that they can afford and make sure that uh, you take good care of them through the process.
1: For all your real estate needs, give Western Oklahoma Realty a call at 225-6271.
0: Hey! Is this heaven? No.
1: It's the Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Hanging out here on a Monday. Let's check the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em leaderboard. Big Poppy, Big Poppy Ten. Wonder who that is. Wrestled the lead away, nineteen and eleven. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty good picking. Nineteen out of thirty, so just under two thirds. Pretty good. Pretty good start. Big Poppy, and then that WebTickets.com always shows up right there toward the top. Horns by forty-nine. That's a cute
2: nickname. Uh, it was ten to ten going to the fourth quarter against the mighty Cowboys of Wyoming. Fool's gold.
1: I wouldn't say anything if I was a No fan. It was 14-11 against the mighty Mustangs a week ago.
2: Well, just saying.
1: Quinn years is a trip, man. He is a trip. What do you What do you mean? He's just a trip. He plays like a first-round pick against Alabama every single year, and everybody else, he completes half his passes. <laughs> He's such a trip, dude. Like they won. Hey, it's a deal. Those those ugly, ugly wins are a lot more fun than pretty losses. Who else is up here? Got Pepper, Sam. Let's go Brandon. No one out pizzas the hut. Coach Green. You know, I challenged Coach Green. Did you get to watch the OU game?
2: Uh I got home about midway through the second quarter. Did you see So the, was already twenty eight nothing. I thought, well, this is over.
1: So it happened after that then. Did you see the uh I think so. Kevin Wilson when he was arguing the 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 call and he jumped back behind the line. I challenged Coach uh, Coach Green <laughs> to do that at Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks, in the seventh grade game. <laughs> if he got upset, just to run over there and jump behind the line and then start arguing again, <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Brandon Embry, he was leading last week. Oh, I had you backwards. You got four out of six. Yeah, I did not do good. I was looking the wrong way. It, it was going a, a lot of the uh, right. Brandon only got three this week.
2: A lot of teams I thought would maybe that's why I'm bitter towards Texas. A lot, a lot of teams I thought would cover did not
1: see that was that's how that's how my year has gone so far in the pickem i'm not beating very many pe- very many people just a few at 10 and 20 but i picked wyoming i thought this is an obvious letdown spot 28 and a half i mean i
2: haven't said it but i didn't i still obvious, didn't pickem
1: obvious letdown spot it's 10 10 in the fourth quarter and then i thought oh my gosh they're not going to cover when <laughs> texas they threw the pick six texas started scoring a couple of touchdowns i was like you know what this is the way this goes I make a great pick finally and it's going to lose too. Somehow they'll get to 37-10 to 10, drop this extra point snap and run a little play and get two and then it'll be 39-10 to 10 and I'll lose that one too. But that was one of the few that I actually got got right this week. I was dead wrong dead wrong on LSU. The history of Mississippi State had been in those games in uh, Stark Vegas. LSU pounded them. Yeah, they took care of it. They pounded them. So, maybe the the reports of the Tigers' demise might have been a little premature. Let's talk about uh, the in-state games. I'm I'm more of a good than bad. I like to be more optimistic, so I'm gonna start in Tulsa <laughs> instead of Stillwater. Uh, Oklahoma rolled. You mentioned 28 nothing enemy. It was it happened so fast. Um, it was a little bit ominous on the opening kickoff. Farouk makes a great return and fumbles it, and you think, uh-oh, here we go. Uh, but no, Oklahoma. Outside of the when that little spot in the game where Tulsa made the quarterback change to Cardell Williams, who he was pretty awesome, uh, running around a little bit, making some plays, got it back to whatever forty-five to seventeen. They know you slam the door in their face, but um, all in all, in the non the, the non-conference schedule for Oklahoma, three and zero. And here's the thing: I get it. They were exactly the same last year three and oh with kansas state coming to town this year three and oh going to cincinnati who just lost to who did they lose western kentucky or somebody cincinnati Cin- yeah cincinnati yeah. lost to somebody not very good yeah not very good and so it there, there's that part of it's similar but i will say this it looks different this season than it did last season The winds are more dominant. The defense especially looks flying around. I mean, five interceptions this last weekend against Tulsa. It looks different. Now, does that mean the results are going to be different? I don't know. But at least the eye test of what Oklahoma did this year in the non-conference appears better suited to have a, a way better season than what they did in Brent Venable's first year a year ago.
2: Yeah, it does. There, it does look different, feels different. Confidence-wise, I think is the big thing. Is there? There's a more confidence in it. You mentioned how the game opened. That could be a, you know, could have been a sign of, oh, well, here we go, and it's gonna be a tough day. And they didn't let it get to them and jump out to a twenty-eight nothing lead. And then, um, you know, when they got up twenty-eight nothing, and was it then when Tulsa scored at a couple? Uh, secondary breakdowns and I blame Scott Garrison for that yeah I know (laughs) literally text
1: (laughs) literally as soon as he texts both of us boy this is what's good about Oklahoma not making any defensive uh, mistakes like mental mistakes and I mean it wasn't a play later there's a dude wide open in the end zone
2: I told him turn your phone off (laughs) (laughs) but again yeah those there's those mistakes but then they just kept rolling on offense and it looked like they more or less fixed those mistakes so i'm it does feel different i guess my approach is cautiously optimistic we'll see there are two touchdown favorite at cincinnati who i thought had a little bit of life but then they go and lose to miami of ohio miami of ohio By the way, Big 12 did not look good this year. Oh, I got that week. on the
1: list here in just a second.
2: But, um, so it's a tough uh, conference opener on the road. Cincinnati is going to be – No, it's be,
1: not. I, I, it's not a tough – there is one There okay. is one tough game on the schedule. Maybe two.
2: I'm just still going back to last year. These are games they have prob- they had oh, problems. Oh, my God. In. If they
1: can't – listen. If Oklahoma goes anything worse than 10-2 this season – it's a disaster and the SEC, even as bad as it is right now. I mean let's not kid ourselves. That there's a chance this the SEC part might be a little bit overstated. But there's a chance of the two worst conferences in the country. SEC and Big Twelve?
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Cincinnati is terrible. Terrible. And if Oklahoma, if Oklahoma cannot go in there and win this game handily, or then, listen, this conference is bad. Bad. And it's not a good sign. If I mean, at BYU, looks way harder than I ever thought it might with them going into Arkansas and winning that game on Saturday, especially when they just got punched in the face. The first of that game – Arkansas scored two touchdowns before we even sat down at Buffalo Wild Wings. It was like, holy cow, it's a track meet in Fayetteville and then here came the Cougars. But this this is not a tough opener.
2: It's I just not. I'm I'm see. I mean, the first three, I mean, SMU, I still have that in back of my mind. They struggled with that team last year still is a bad taste in my mouth.
1: I mean, Cincinnati it's is just, not as good as SMU. It's
2: still just Back of my mind, these are games that go on the road and they just struggle.
1: Well, if that's Since the case, the, in
2: the Brent Venables era. So well, he's had one until year. it doesn't happen, I'm going to say they're going to go over there. Cincinnati is going to be the only thing I'm happy about. It's not a 7 p.m. kickoff in Cincinnati that's at 11 a.m. So maybe that's something that's positive. But I mean, yeah, I think they'll win. But what if it's 14 to 10 going into the fourth quarter?
1: They know not near as good as anyone and thinks. Maybe they I should think they're
2: be. not. Maybe I still gotta see it. Maybe well, maybe I think that I'm like, well, this is that's all well and good. You beat Arkansas State, SMU, and Tulsa.
1: And sure, Cincinnati it, it, fits right in there with those. Uh-huh.
2: But again, everything what I just said, on the road, the road thing, open conference thing, it just it it just sticks with me like this is a game that they just have struggles with. Who care who the opponent is? It's just like they beat themselves sometimes.
1: Well, if that's the case, and Oklahoma, I'm wrong. Oklahoma doesn't I'm wrong. go in there and win Prove this me game. Wrong, easily, Prove me wrong. Then the SEC is going to kick their tail. Period end of story. And probably don't have the right head coach. If you can't if you can't navigate this big twelve to ten wins, then that discussion is absolutely on the table. Period, end of story. Because this conference is brutal. Case in point, Stillwater, Oklahoma. What in the hell is going on up there?
2: I don't think they know what's going on up there, the way that looked. The way that, I mean, by, I. when I turned that on, it was too late. It was already over. I was blown away when I turned, because I, I, I was doing my thing and Hadn't seen the kids all day Saturday. I playing with them. Oh yeah, what oh, shoes on? Sit down, turn on. Bah. What was it, like twenty
1: three? It was sixteen nothing in the first quarter.
2: So it was like twenty three nothing. That I think it was sixteen
1: nothing at halftime. Then it got to twenty three. Then it got to thirty three. Yeah. The 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 quarterback thing is, it's weird. It's not working. You know where else it's not working? Alabama.
2: Oh, they do not know what to do with their quarterback. Well, it's it's
1: at least – I mean, the only difference is they don't have them on set schedules to play a certain amount. They at least get a chance to prove they're not the guy, and then as soon as they do, they get pulled. Whereas here, it's like some sort of script. I and I, I, Everyone thought this would be a tough game. Everyone was like, oh, South Alabama's pretty good. South Alabama's pretty good, you know. I mean, I was saying that Everyone too. Everyone was. was. I was really did. Was it? Were you saying it just because? Okay, they were ten and three. Did Did it ever cross your mind that South Alabama was going to dominate both lines of scrimmage no. against Oklahoma State no, like not they like did?
2: That I was saying it because of everybody they returned. They They brought a lot of te- uh, people back from that team last year that won. Was it ten games? Yeah, ten and three. So, that's what I was basing that off of. And then countering that with well they're going up against a team that's been hit hard by the portal and all that stuff they can't figure out their quarterback situation so that's why I've kind of circled that so that that one might be a little tough for the Cowboys but I didn't think it'd be blowout for the Cowboys
1: well no and here here's the truth the quarterback stuff is going to get all the pub and when it's weird like this it should I guess but it doesn't make any difference who the quarterback is right now zero difference because that offensive line is so bad that nobody, that none of the quarterbacks can do anything outside of the guy that they ran out of town. With Sanders being able to... Maybe maybe we need to have a, a way deeper appreciation for who and what Spencer Sanders was a year ago to lead the team to where, the, where he led them to before the demise, think about this. I, I keep going back, coming off a Big Twelve title game loss in which in which they were what two inches away from maybe playing in the playoff in twenty twenty one. They're five six and zero a year ago, going to Fort Worth in the top ten. That was not even a year ago, and it seems like a decade ago last october whatever third weekend in october because alabama and tennessee were playing the exact same day that's always the third saturday in october that's that that was 11 months ago that oklahoma state was in the top 10 undefeated and was ahead of tcu who played in the title game like 24 to 7 in the first half and that was that 2010 or was it last october yeah it is wild just the, the spiral that has occurred in Stillwater. And now, I mean,
2: what happens today? Well, the first question is who gets to blame? Who gets to the blame? They didn't look prepared, they looked overmatched against the South Alabama team. I,
1: yeah, that's. The, I don't care how good South Alabama was supposed to be, or that they had eighteen restart, starters returning. You know, all the. I don't. It's Oklahoma State at home against South Alabama. I'm not even suggesting suggesting that you should never lose that game, but I am saying you should never get dominated the way that they did. Dominated. It there there was there was no time. I watched literally the whole game. And there was no time in, in, in that game where I thought, I think OSU's going to come back and win this. Or I think, you know what I mean? It was just right from the start, punching
2: Yeah, but you've seen a lot of games in Stillwater where they do come back and win those games. Yeah, and that you one know, had a totally
1: different feel it about it. it
2: had a feel about it, and the thing that was the gut punch for me, you hate to see this in any fan base, but at, it was early in the third quarter and they started showing fans just up and leaving. No, listen. Con- I mean, wow! The loudest,
1: the loudest that stadium was was at halftime when they were just booing them off the field.
2: Oh yeah, I forgot about that too.
1: And listen, rightfully so, that was pathetic. That was a pathetic performance. And so, it, I go back to, you know, one one of the major stories of the off season was Marshall the pistol-firing blog guy, asking Mike Gundy about staff changes, specifically offensive staff changes, and the way that that went down with threatening to pull or pulling the credential and all that. All he was doing was asking exactly what the fans believe should happen. So what happens now? Does Gundy have to go back does he have to make that choice to go back to to be in the play caller for now before he can hire somebody in the offseason? The offensive line coach James Dickey isn't getting it done. I know I know he's got the the resume to say he should, but he's not. And on the Gundy side of the blame it always goes back to me to another one of the other big storylines in the offseason was recruiting and the budget, the recruiting budget and how small it is compared to everybody else. I mean they were half the size of Iowa State, much less getting up in the OU or Texas you know mm. atmosphere. Right.
2: But why? Is it we've had this comment on the text line so I'm just repeating it is it stubbornness is it we don't need to do all that stuff that those other teams do, those other programs do? We can do it the traditional way and just recruit them to get here. Is it a stubbornness attitude or approach to being unwilling to change?
1: It's it's interesting because <clears throat> kind of three of the outspoken against the portal guys, and when I say guys, I mean coaches. are really having a hard time of it by their standards. Gundy's one, Dabo is two, and Saban's three. And all three of those guys have had subpar starts to their season to the standard that they had set coming into this year. And 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 there's no doubt. Now, Now, I don't think any of us know how or to the extent of the portal and NIL are actually going to change and are changing this sport forever I, I don't think I don't, I don't think there's a limit to what that actually could be right I mean there's no telling what what it ends up being but there's no doubt it's something and there's no doubt it's changing the sport somehow we just simply don't know exactly how how and what what that looks like yet because it's so new but but you can look across the country and i know we'll get there here in just a second but those three not embracing the portal whatsoever and then you look up at colorado and you look out at usc Two guys that absolutely have embraced and used the portal to their advantage, NIL to their advantage. Lincoln turning USC around in one season last year to almost making the playoff, has them rolling again offensively. We can talk about the defense all you want. But the fact is the portal in the NIL, Lincoln Riley has used that to reestablish USC as a powerhouse on the West Coast. There's no doubt about that. And now here's Sanders doing the same thing. At Colorado, in one season, in, in one off season. Now, do I think they're about to get some smacked in their face the next two weeks? Yes, but that doesn't stop the momentum that he's already created. It's amazing what it, there is such like a a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde in my brain about what he's doing at Colorado. Because there's a whole bunch of it that I'm like, wow, that is absolutely amazing. And then there's a whole bunch of it that I'm like, please, God, somebody beat them. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's, it's, It's such a wild thing that I just can't wrap my mind around. I mean, that game, starting on Saturday night, I thought Burt Reynolds was going to come back from the dead and start coaching both teams like it was the longest yard. And then finally, when things settled down, it turned into a wildly entertaining football game. And what <clears throat> what Deion Sun did there at the end, leading that 98-yard touchdown drive to tie it, getting the two-point conversion, all that, it was phenomenal stuff. Phenomenal stuff. But it took every ounce of what they had to beat Colorado State. Jay Norvell, I know he. Co- I know people like him. He coached at OU, whatever. Jay Norvell choked immensely on Saturday night. He talked all that crap. Had his dudes <clears throat> amped up over. Amped. and ha- But the- he had them playing with their hair on fire, not giving a damn about who Deion Sanders was or who Colorado was. And they were there for a fight. And they took the fight to Colorado. All of that. <clears throat> All of that stuff. And it comes down to fourth and two with two minutes left. And you punt... To Sanders and let him go 98 on you. And then after Dion completely, <clears throat> or Shadur, one of the two, completely screwed the pooch on the coin toss in overtime, they screwed
0: it completely up.
1: Colorado won the coin. See, a lot of people on social media. We're saying, oh, Colorado State or Colorado has to have the ball twice. Wonder why. Like, like that there's some sort of racial thing here that doesn't even exist. They don't realize that Shadur is the one that screwed it up. He took the ball. Well, guess what? That means Colorado State gets it second in the first overtime. And then going into the second overtime, they get to choose. What they and they chose wisely. Yep. Now, it worked out. And it, that's just going to be completely glossed over. That they didn't either know the rules or they screwed it, whatever it was. I mean, that was a huge blunder that should have cost him the game because then Norvell has a chance in overtime to right the wrongs of what he did, not going for it fourth and two and ending the game with the ball in his hands. And he kicked the extra point. All of that bravado, all of that screw those guys, they don't mean nothing. And you get a chance to just really flop them out on the table and you don't even make the move to do it. I cannot believe I was watching that. After everything that went into that and you had a chance to prove you had the brass ones in the in the building and all of the sunglasses and all of that. And you punt and you don't go for two. goodness if i was a colorado state fan i'd be really proud of the way they played and i'd be really mad at jay norvell right
2: now (laughs) it's colorado state and it's that's why jay norvell is at colorado state before then he was wearing nevada
1: Mm -hmm. well uh, uh, well what who cares
2: (laughs) i mean it's it's the biggest it, it, it was the game of the day point is coaches at bigger programs established coaches who have they'd
1: have done it too they'd have choked it off too who other guys don't take risk the only one that the only one that i can guarantee you would have done it is saban because he don't have to worry about his job you know what i'm saying yeah he doesn't have to worry about what are you going to say oh the goat screwed up well he's still the goat but that but that's the whole point of why he should have what does jay norvell have to lose at colorado state I mean, everybody always—he was already the villain for speaking any sort of, tr- of his truth to to Dion.
2: So I'm not, what is it? Not defending matter? them. I'm just saying he's not a good coach. I'm agreeing with well, you. He was a <laughs> hell of a coach
1: Saturday. That's the whole damn point. He was a great coach Saturday. He did exactly what you have to do in that situation at Colorado State. Until he had the chance to really prove it, and he choked. He choked, and it doesn't matter how good he is or isn't. He did exactly what he had to do to get his team ready for that fight, to take that fight to him, and his team did. His team did it. His team walked the walk for his talk, and then when he had a chance to walk that same walk, he cowered down. If I was one of his players, I'd have been so mad in the locker room at him because we went out and acted a damn fool For you. 16 penalties for 100,000 yards? We went out there and acted a fool and played through the whistle, all that stuff that you know he was saying. And then you got a chance for you to have our back and win this game and we can shove it in their face all year long? And you punt? And you don't go for two? Come on, man. If I was those players, I would be Irate at Jay Norvell because they did everything he asked them to do and more. I mean, just go look at any sports media about that game. They are being vilified for having the gall to stand up to Colorado, the new national darling. Right, and then he had a, he had a chance to 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 show he had their back the way they had his, and he didn't do it. Stay on Colorado. What's going to happen? I mean, there, everybody was there this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Every media outlet there is was there.
2: The freaking rock was there.
1: Kawhi Leonard <laughs> was at a game. <laughs> now, shocking. I mean, he's still in street clothes, but he was at a game. At least he went. Jeez. What happens in two weeks if we're going to USC blast them? How does how does then this story get told?
2: Uh, well, the the. The love goes away. The interest goes away. And I'm not sure why there's still all this love for him after struggling with that Colorado State team. So, I think um, it'll be um, when they go back and tell the story of this season, it'll be, man, Colorado's start of the year, uh, blazing, check, oh, Dion is here, and then they'll move on. I mean, okay, what happened in October? But – I think the, the interest goes away. It's just that's the nature of the beast when you, um, wh- you know, who's the hot team, cool new team now. But and we think it'll happen when Oregon beats them and USC beats them. Now, what if they give them a fight and lose, you know, so there still might be that love there. But if they go up there and get go to Eugene and get their doors blown out, and, um, I think the atmosphere will be just as rocking win or lose. Uh, At Oregon, it'll be rocking when USC comes to town, because that's coming to Boulder. But uh, I think Saturday night showed me what I think we all kind of expected, or you and me did, is that they're not world beaters just yet. Oh,
1: no. I don't think that at all. No, they're not. That's
2: what blows my mind, I guess. But I promise you- It's a cool thing to attach yourself to cool people and, and- sunglasses and hats and and deon sanders i get it he's a cool dude he's fun to watch he's fun when he's talking and, and i get all that but i i guess what blows my mind is these experts these football experts are i mean we can see it i mean i i i, I see it. it's like yeah they're not at that level yet potentially they could be in a couple of years if he can continue to hit in the well, pool like for you. Has.
1: they're every bit as good as anybody with skill
2: right Their skill dudes are unbelievable.
1: Unbelievable. And we'll see what their up front guys can do. I mean, I I think the opinion of TCU has gone way downhill since the preseason with the loss of Colorado. They struggled for a long time against Houston. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That maybe was more of a flash in the pan, everything coming together season a year ago than than establishing – that type of pro you know what i'm saying year in and year out
2: curious what their game this week will look like
1: against smu yeah, smu but it's, as far as colorado goes it's it's amazing how how similar it feels in and maybe for good reason because dion lived it on the other side of this but this feels like the new version of the U the brashness, the bravado, the in your face we can do whatever we want as long as we're winning type of type of attitude but what's what's wild about it is how far we've come as a culture and as a society in 40 years because when that was happening at Miami in the 80s and early 90s the attitude around the country toward that especially from the media people, was just – they were aghast at the brashness and and what are you doing? This is not acceptable. Whereas now things have changed and almost done a 180 to where you cannot – you are not going to be allowed. I don't care if Oregon beats them 55 to nothing. You're not going to be allowed to question anything about what Dion does. Or you're going to be a racist.
0: Hmm.
1: Period. End of story. That's, that's where we've come in society to where you, you're not going to be allowed. No No one even mentioned the coin toss fiasco in overtime. No one has even mentioned it because everybody in media... Is either ready to call somebody a racist for mentioning it or is scared to death they'll be labeled that. And it and it the the crazy thing is it has nothing to do with it. They were in the moment, they either didn't realize the rules were different than the NFL. I mean, that could very well be it when you yeah. think about where Dion has come from. You know, with the with the NFL overtime rules, yeah, coin toss, please Lord, let us win. We got the ball, we'll go win the game. Mm-hmm. And you wonder just in the heat of the moment not realizing wait a minute oh this college you actually need the ball second that way you, you you know what you have to do right and but but no one's mentioning that no one's going to because everybody's scared to death to because of what's happening
2: i think it was that i think there's also you don't want to be that one person that goes that that questions his coaching ability why though yeah why? But there's no racial. Anything. No, but it's that's what. But, but someone, gonna that's what it's going to be labeled. That's where I guess I'm confused. Is everyone loves this and they're jumping on board with it? And but why aren't experts looking at this? Going, well, yeah, they got great skill players and everything, but they're not that. I mean, they're not this. They're not a top ten team. I think, but people- man, they get coverage like they're they're. Like they are the U, or even Florida when uh, you know Tebow was there, and well, they are getting coverage every single week, every day of the week. You have to
1: if you're the if you're if you're the networks, you have to ride this gravy train because it, that I, I. Yeah, they're covering it right now because they know it's about to go off the cliff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They no if they trusted that Colorado was going to be around toward the end of the season. You don't make all these trips to Boulder in September. You wait till the you know when, when the games really matter for something in November, mm-hmm. and I think they're telling you without telling you nobody thinks that's happening. So by gosh, make your money when, when you can, when people actually are are excited and care about the Colorado football season before. Here in two weeks or three and two, and then a little bit back to, to, back, to back to reality. Yeah. with was yeah make hay while the sun shines so that's exactly yeah. what's happening here Not sure
2: De- uh i uh <laughs> he said the perfect thing when he was asked about possible other coaching locations you know you know what his response was dion's what i love boulder i like it in boulder i have an idea of where his next coaching venue venture will be where <laughs> well denford's currently zero and two by the time his, uh, his son is um, up for uh, or in the draft. Which could but be next seriously, year. seriously, I do think if he makes a leap, I, I really think he might go somewhere where it's going to line up, where NFL team needs a new coach. Oh, by the way, they intend to draft Sanders. Let's take a shot. Let's bring Dion in. And he wants to go coach his son.
1: I hope he doesn't because i there's a lot to really really like about him in the college game.
2: Yeah, he he feels like a better fit in college.
1: Yeah, he does cuz i mean here's the deal, if he goes goes to let's say he's the coach of the Broncos next year, he can't use the advantages that he possesses. There's no portal. There's no NIL. There's the draft. You know what I mean? I mean? In free agency, you only have a – There's that. I'm but, but there's, a, but there's a, a, a salary cap. Right. There's a limit on what he can do. Versus here, he literally has more new guys on this team than scholarships available. 86 new guys with an 85 scholarship limit. I can't – I mean, I can't believe it's working to the level it's already worked this season. I mean, you're talking about the doormat of the Pac twelve. What they one eleven a year ago? Yeah. And I and I get that nobody here on this show thinks that they're gonna be some sort of playoff contender. But you don't I mean five and seven is an amazing turnaround for what they were. And I and I I think they're gonna be better than that.
2: Yeah, I just looked at their record or their schedule. The two upcoming are big. Oregon and USC, but then who else have they got coming? Who I mean, you say that, but the Pac-12 is the best conference in the country. Yeah, at least so far.
1: I mean, I, I totally. It's like we got to we got to rewrap our minds around the fact that they've got eight teams ranked,
2: and rightfully so. <laughs> That's the crazy part. No, I'm on board with it. I I had a feeling they'd be good with their quarterbacks. Yeah, okay, but so, I wasn't even considering Sanders in Colorado. I oh, was yeah. not. Or Washington State? Or Washington State, yeah.
0: Where they've come from,
2: yeah.
1: Okay, so they got at Oregon and USC. Then they get Arizona State, which is clear breather. That's a game they should absolutely win. Stanford is terrible.
2: They should win that.
1: Yeah. So that's five wins without anything crazy happening. Then they finish with UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, Washington State, and Utah. That could be where starting it at UCLA, that last five – could be where everything kind of derails off the tracks
2: is that at ucla yes rose bowl will be packed
1: at ucla (laughs) then they've got oregon state arizona at home then they finish at washington state at utah six and six is absolutely in play if not beating one or two of these teams who knows i mean at this point i would probably take seven and five if you said seven and five i would take the under and maybe thinking you're going to tie but even that's pretty incredible for what they were and he did, and he did it with a i mean literally a brand new team i mean that that's the thing about it. it's it's not it it ain't old colorado cuz it not even the team <laughs> he doesn't even have those dudes anymore so it's crazy what he's done and you know on the field he is just like so calm I mean you watch him he's so calm on on the sideline he goes against like the the brashness of yeah of off you know away from the game or after the game or
0: before the game
2: right
1: maybe maybe he's a better coach than I thought he was going to be
0: hi everybody this is David Osterloh. many of you know me because I ran a retail business in Elk City for over 30 years That's where I learned that if you take care of your customers, they will take care of you. So when it was time to look for a career in real estate, I wanted to land someplace that had the same principles. Western Oklahoma Realty seemed like a natural fit. Putting people before property is the same as taking care of your customers. Since I've been at Western Oklahoma Realty, I've come to understand that is how they do business. People Before Property is not just a hashtag, it's a way of taking care of customers. When you are looking for your next home, we will find a place that your family can call home. When you are going to sell your current home, we will find a buyer that loves your place as much as you do. Western Oklahoma Realty. We're putting people before property as a way of life. Come see us at 602 West Third Street. We are in the historic greenhouse on the hill, one block west of Homeland. Or you can check out our website, WesternOklahomaRealty.com, or even call us at 580-225-6271. The
2: Skinny on Sports. Yeah, coming out. Yeah!
1: Welcome back, Skinny on Sports 98. Point One FM, the Sports Animal, wrapping it up here on a Monday. Western Oklahoma Realty Monday. Tyler, Robbie, all the gang at Western Oklahoma Realty. People before property is their motto. 225-6271 is their phone number for any and all of your real estate needs. We've got all kinds of stuff to talk about college football throughout the week. Real quick, NFL. We mentioned a bunch of those teams that had that had the most pressure on them coming into this week. A lot of those were those 0-1 AFC teams that we felt had chances to make runs at divisions, make runs at the playoffs. Kind of uh, a mixed bag of results this week. Buffalo and Kansas City righted the ship. The Bills were awesome. Josh Allen, you see the good of Josh Allen one week, the bad of him the week before. He was incredible um, in the beatdown of the Raiders. Kansas City made just enough plays to go into Jacksonville and win, so they even their record at one and one. But then the Jets, the Pats, the Chargers, and probably to me the most shocking one is Cincinnati. Although should it be, because this is the fourth time in five years they've started out zero and two. They did it a year ago, and still made the playoffs. But those four teams all fall in the Steelers tonight with a chance to even up at one and one.
2: Don't forget, Burrow basically missed all of. The preseason. And so he there mentioned some his, of that
1: may have tweaked his, or his I uh, calf. That.
2: I saw that. Yeah.
1: Does it give you pause if you're Cincinnati signing him to the deal you've signed him to?
2: Not after two games. Not. not no, 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 no. I'm not
1: talking about the money. Oh, okay. Hang on. With what happened? You know who else kind of had a calf injury in, in the preseason? No. Aaron Rodgers.
2: Oh, well, duh.
1: We've seen this. Recently, think about KD. Oh, my calf hurts a little bit in the finals. Oops, blew my Achilles. Rodgers, what happened to him? Does that give you pause if you're Cincinnati with the guy that you're going to pay all this money and be, the, be your franchise quarterback for all these years? Do you really have a conversation of, okay, we're uh, yeah, we're 0-2. We came back from it last year. But more importantly, do we want to jeopardize? Because Burroughs already had a, an ACL in that Bengals uniform, do you do you almost have a a powwow of we have to get him a hundred percent healthy because of what this tweaked calf, quote unquote, could lead to uh, taking the wrong step in a game?
2: Ah, that's a tough. That's a good question. That's a tough, tough one to look at. What I don't know. I mean, the
1: preseason expectations are we're going to dig out of this, and we're going to have a chance. to Heck, they won the division last year after going zero and two.
2: I think there's still a lot of hope that they'll be they'll get out of this and be fine. They're kind of bucking that trend of the zero and two starts.
1: I would just be really, really careful with him. Even though, yeah, I, I get it, but got the Rams coming in. next monday night so it gives him an extra day but that's that's something that for me could be a little bit concerning uh tonight doubleheader it's always you know the monday night doubleheader is always fun right new orleans carolina and then cleveland pittsburgh i think that's one most people have their eye on to see if the steelers can bounce back after that beat down at the hands of the 49ers yeah, NFC-wise, we, do we see a clear separation now through two weeks at least that there's three teams way up here and there's the rest of the conference down below?
2: Right now, yeah. Eagles, Cowboys, 49ers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Normally, I wouldn't say that after two weeks, but they've, they've looked the part in two games.
1: Yeah, and, the, and here's the deal. I think the Rams are good. Uh, they, were, they were that quiet team in the offseason that nobody really knew what they were doing with Stafford and is he playing, is he not, Aaron Donald, McVay. You know, there was lots of – they were just really, really quiet for a team that's been as good as they've been. And then I think they're pretty good. And for San Francisco to go in there and win, that's impressive. Obviously, Dallas is just beating people down right now. And then Philly was Philly the other night, even then a little bit of a struggle. So who is that next team? Is it—is it the Rams? Is it uh, the Bucks?
2: Yeah, don't look now. They're oh. 2-0. Bakers look solid.
1: He was great yesterday. He was way better than solid. See that throw he made? What about the Rams? What what, what, uh, are the
2: Falcons to be believed? No. No, no, no.
1: How about the Commanders, two and? That's
2: why it's called an upset, Aaron. When you're beating Green Bay by a point, I'm not jumping on the Falcons. The, who, who else? Are you
1: commanders, two and zero. Sam Howell, the savior of DC.
2: <laughs> they tried to blow that one at the end.
1: You know, there's only there's only one division in football that doesn't have an zero and two team.
2: Would that be the East?
1: NFC East. Now, if uh, if Carolina can beat New York, New, tried. If Carolina can beat New if Carolina can beat New Orleans tonight, the NFC South would join that, which is just shocking. Yeah. Because I think everybody going into this season thought they were by far the worst division in football, and then they could have two two and O's and two one and ones, unlike anybody else outside the NFC East. Hmm will anthony richardson survive mm-hmm. that poor guy he is a fantasy goldmine except for the fact that he may have a concussion every single week having to run the ball because he can't throw it yet
2: different league who was it who told him you can't take hits week in a week out like that like, yeah like, protect a
1: yeah, great job protect yourself though ah, who was that
2: was it bro who was it? who told him that It was last week who they play Yeah, he's good for. Them. It was Lawrence,
1: Trevor Lawrence. It was the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor Lawrence.
2: So they just hit different. Yeah, yeah, it's Lawrence. Oh,
1: I bet you this text says Lawrence.
2: Yep. And Cowboys looked great defensively again. They looked awesome.
1: Dak was good. Dak was solid. CD was good, even though it wasn't against Sauce. That's been a big thing.
2: I, again, I'm going to stand on this platform that Dallas has a Super Bowl defense and a good enough offense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that offense with C.D. Lamb. and
1: I mean, people forget just two short seasons ago, it was a complete offensive team with one of the worst defenses in the history of the league that was still winning 12 games. And it's kind of the same dudes. Everybody have a great Monday. Be back tomorrow. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening.
2: That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. We were sitting around the office one day and tried to explain what Western Oklahoma Realty was. If you had to put it in a dictionary, what would you get? What kind of definition you get? I think I said, is uh, what about, were people before property? Well,
0: it means that you put uh, the, the person that you're working with or the family that you're working with, you put their interests first. Uh, you uh, make sure that you find the right property for them at the price that they can afford and make sure that uh, you take good care of them through the process.
1: For all your real estate needs, give Western Oklahoma Realty a call at 225-6271.